Hey guys, you're listening to episode 8 of Activated Performance Radio. Today is just Seth and I sitting at the kitchen table. He's taken up a lot of space at the table. We're trying to stand next to each other, but he's got thick thighs. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think proportionally to our body weights, I'm taking up an appropriate amount of space. Okay, so like, I, just like in the bed where I get like a quarter of the bed and you get three quarters of it. Well, I mean, you're a quarter of our total body weight, so the bath checks out. <laughs> So speaking of beds. Speaking of beds? Yeah. Should we? <laughs> We're going to talk about sleep on today's podcast. I, I totally brain farted with where she's going, but we wanted to get into a little bit of tips that we have that can help you guys sleep better. We're not sleep experts by any means, but we have looked into this fairly extensively ourselves and we want to point you in the directions of some resources that you guys can use to improve your own sleep. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, it's 4th of July. Liana is is three weeks out from the showdown at the storm, and she is shaping up to have a really, 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 really freaking good meat prep. Mm -hmm. And meat. Yeah. This is one of the best meat preps I've had to date. And up until about this week, man, I felt so good. But now I'm starting to feel tired, which honestly is so normal at three weeks out. I was kind of waiting for it to hit. Well, I think like the biggest difference between this meat prep and your previous meat preps is before you were accumulating fatigue way too early in the training cycle and you'd end up kind of having to play catch up so that you could peak. Mm -hmm. But this time it's like you timed it just perfectly. You're just starting to accumulate fatigue at three weeks out. You really only have two more heavy days left and then you're done, deload for the meat and time to kick ass. Mm -hmm. And last weekend I did heavy deadlift. I finally pulled 405. Thank the Lord. And I knew after that session that I was going to be tired this week. And I feel like we even talked about it that day. I was going to be, it was going to be like a tiring week for me. And it was. Mm-hmm. So I just need to, to keep that in mind. Anytime that I have something where I overreach, I need to be aware that it's going to take me a longer time to recover from it after. So yeah, I've accumulated that fatigue for sure. And I'm feeling it right now. Definitely need to work on our sleep. Which is part of the reason why we're doing this podcast, because they're things that we need to be a little bit more accountable for. Yeah, it's definitely a little reminder of what we can do better when we looked up all, everything that we wanted to present to you guys, mm-hmm. because we have been slipping on a few things, especially with it being in this whole self-isolation, whatever you want to call it, bullshit going on. With me being out of school, it's tough to stay on a set schedule, mm-hmm. just because... I guess I have the freedom to stay up as late as I want because I don't have to be up anywhere in the morning, but... It really is worth it to have a bedtime, have a wake-up time, and yeah, just be consistent with the schedule. Well, outside of going to the gym four times a week, we haven't really needed to be anywhere at any specific time. And even when it comes to training... We don't train till noon, so... Yeah, exactly. So we don't need to get up for anything. And it's been so easy to get into watching a TV show at night and then all of a sudden instead of watching one episode we're watching five episodes and getting to bed at 11.30 and it's just kind of going all over the place and Seth does have to go back to school in I think 10 days. Yep, it's coming up way too fast. Yeah, so it's about time for us to um, get our sleep in check both before school, before my meet. Recovery is super important right now. And this week we have been doing better. We've been trying to Make sure that we're in bed and ready to go to sleep by 10 o'clock. And I've been setting my alarm for 7.30 and just kind of... I've been taking my time. I've been awake at 7.30, but I've been taking my time getting rolling. But just easing back into the transition. 
I know I'm going to have to start getting up closer to 5.30 when school is back in just to make it for those 7.30 classes, which it's going to suck a little bit, but, you know, it'll actually be good to be back on the strict schedule and having to get things done. Mm-hmm. We do get a lot more done when you wake up early, for sure. And I guess kind of to bridge into everything, why is it important to be on a set schedule? Because ultimately our bodies go around a, a rhythm, a circadian rhythm, or it's like a sleep-wake cycle. And all of our hormonal functions will work around that sleep-wake cycle. So. so when that cycle is consistent, your hormone release, everything else associated with it will also be consistent. Your body will have those set patterns and will be able to function optimally within those patterns instead of having to compensate and basically do guesswork for when you're getting up and falling asleep if you're not on a set schedule. Mm-hmm. You also have to think that we, we accumulate a lot of metabolic waste during the day and all that kind of accumulates in our brains and when we sleep, our bodies are actually able to remove a lot of that metabolic waste. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, you, you retain knowledge or memory better, your cognition is better, you're more restored and ready for the next day to take on new tasks or learn new, learn new skills. and any sort of like performance activity too. Like if you're trying to learn a new movement or new um, anything with your body, uh, it's gonna be easier to learn it and then to retain it if you're sleeping better. Mm -hmm. Also weight loss. Yeah, it's actually been shown in studies. I know like, I'm not a fan of being researched as this or Mm -hmm. researched as that, but I think when it's something that is on a physiological level of function, it's more valuable than say a random article on strength training or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it has been shown that when you do sleep for seven hours or greater, your weight loss is improved. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that has to do with what type of um, macro or what type of fuel you're using while you're sleeping. So mm-hmm. the people who are not sleeping as much aren't going to be able to burn fat as easily as people who are sleeping more. And with that too, when you sleep more, you release less ghrelin, which is the hunger hormone. Mm-hmm. When you sleep less, you have more ghrelin more hunger hormone, more hunger, you're more likely to overeat. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's easy to mistake being tired for being hungry. <laughs> yeah. I know, like, I'm somebody that personally, I'm, I don't actually get that kind of, like, hunger pain in the stomach. When I'm, I can go hours and hours and hours without eating without getting that, like, stomach hunger, but I'll feel brain, like, like I'll feel that brain fog. And it's that same kind of feeling for me when I'm tired. So sometimes it's like, am I tired or am I hungry? Mm-hmm. So. And I'll start to feel like physiologically low is how I, the best way to describe it. Like I just feel like there is no energy at hand. My brain doesn't want to work. My body doesn't want to work. And usually my solution for that is to eat, mm-hmm. which I mean, it does make me feel better, but do I really need to eat or am I just underslept in that moment? How many training sessions have you had where you've gone in tired and your training sucks because you're tired and then you feel like you need sugar? Yeah, so I go and slam a bag of Skittles, and <laughs> the training session's awesome for the rest of it, but mm-hmm. I blew my calorie deficit for the day, so it wasn't yeah, really you, worth it. you've had 800 calories of Skittles, so... <laughs> what? Yeah. It's a lot more, more harm than good, for sure. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about different things that we can do um, to create better sleep habits. Now, a lot of uh, sleep hygiene are different things to develop good, good habits, and to have a good rhythm are gonna be uh, basically things to help keep you asleep at night and to um, help you stay awake during the day so that you actually are tired to go to sleep at night. I think before we get into that, we should actually talk about sleep hygiene 
because it's not just, you know, going to bed clean. No. So I've actually heard someone say that when I brought up sleep hygiene. They're like, oh, so you just want me to shower before bed? No, you dumbass. <laughs> not dumbass. That was too harsh, but. Yeah, they're not a dumbass. No. Um, I think sleep hygiene is something that people in um, the health industry use a lot. That a lot of like, I don't want to say average people, but I think that um, it's a term that a lot of people don't know. But mm-hmm. it's basically just good sleep habits. Yeah, it's based sleep hygiene equated to positive sleep habits. Yeah, exactly. So a dark room is going to be the best room to sleep in. And I mean pitch black. So no appliance lights, no clocks. Um, anything that is going to emit any um, extra light, turn it off or put tape over it or have it facing um, your nightstand so it's not actually uh, putting light out into the room. But it's basically any sort of light is going to keep your your body from producing those hormones that are going to help you fall asleep and stay asleep. Mm -hmm. And in our case, we have blackout curtains to keep the light up from outside. And our alarm clock, I have it facing down on the nightstand so that it's not putting out any light. I also went and bought an alarm clock that you can turn down the light on, but disappointingly in its lowest setting, you can't turn it down low enough that it actually really does anything, so Mm -hmm. it's facing down. Mm -hmm. We also have a no phone rule, Um, especially if you're trying to check check what time it is in the middle of the night. Imagine all that light hitting your eyes. That's going to basically produce those hormones that are going to make you want to get up and sit and be awake, so Mm -hmm. we don't want that at all. And Mian also gets pissed if I open up my phone and start giggling at Dan Beltex at 2 a.m. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I think it's more than just like for, for good sleep hygiene. Um, when you're trying to fall asleep and your partner is like looking at memes or something like that. Like it's just like it should be like it should be a time for you and your partner to, to be together, not for um, hanging out. Yeah, to, want, to wind down and to not be distracted. And mm-hmm. again, if you're like in a conversation on your phone, it's going to be difficult to fall asleep too, especially if it's like an interesting or intense conversation, mm-hmm. you're going to be curious as to what's going on. You're going to want to see if they replied. You're going to want to check your phone. It's just going to further prevent you from falling asleep. So ditch the phone, leave it outside, mm-hmm. get up in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you have maybe, a, maybe you're an on call or uh, maybe you have a family member that like you want to, if, if they call, you want to be able to answer, you can still put your volume on and have it outside the room. Or if you've got a, an ensuite bathroom or something like that, I would just keep it away from arm's reach. Mm-hmm. So you can't just reach over and grab that phone because we all want to. We're all addicted to it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what else? Cold temperatures or at least comfortable temperatures. I know that I can't s- sleep if I'm sweating. Yeah. And I think <laughs> we were kind of talking about this too. It's like there isn't really a physiological mechanism that says that cold temperatures are better for sleep other than just comfort levels. If you're too warm, if you're a sweaty mess, you're not going to be able to fall asleep. Case in Mm -hmm. point, when you moved to Florida, it was terrible, even with the AC. (laughs) We were not used to it. Yeah. We're both used to being in Canada in the middle of winter and having the bedroom window open just so it's colder at night. Mm -hmm. Were those not the best sleeps, though? Oh, it was wonderful. Like, having that window, like, it's, the air just felt crisp. Mm -hmm. And, like, it was just cold. And, like, you wanted to kind of cuddle under the covers. I miss that. Did not have to worry one bit about your nutsack sticking to your leg when it was minus 20 outside (laughs) and the window was open. It was lovely. I wouldn't know what that's like. (laughs) I'll take your word for it, though. Um, I know some people say that they prefer, like, warmer temperatures when they sleep. I think they're crazy. Um, I think cold is best. I'm... We already talked about blue light a little bit, um, but we can go into that a little bit more. Basically, 
if you're trying to fall asleep, you can, or you should be avoiding your laptop, avoiding electronics, mm-hmm. avoiding any, your phone. anything that emits blue light because, well, the reason for that is blue light is associated with sunlight, which then is going to trigger your brain to get out of a sleep mode. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you can put out a blue light filter on your TV screen. Some, mm-hmm. some of the new TVs have settings for that. Your laptop has a setting for that. Your phone yeah. has a setting for that. You can turn that on just to stop it from emitting blue light. Or you can just toss on a pair of blue light glasses. Yeah. I mean, they look a little stupid, but... They do. So I got a pair, what, like a year ago? Mm-hmm. And I used them, like, maybe for about a week. It was... I almost felt dizzy when I was wearing them. I didn't really like them that much, but... It's it's easier to just put on blue light filters than to yeah. wear a pair of blue light glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for some people, like, in the cases of people who might not be able to get home until really late before their bedtime and they're driving and you know there's all those street lights and signs and there's just lights everywhere and on their 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 dash and whatnot then you might want to have blue light filter glasses if you can't uh, change your environment you could just take ownership of it and, and wear the glasses not all of them look stupid i've seen some pretty nice ones mm-hmm. but we i i got like the cheap ten dollar amazon pair but you can get some pretty nice ones too and our next topic to bring up applies mostly to the thick boys yeah if you snore and you're a power lifter, you're probably snoring because you have a giant ass neck, or even a medium neck, and your neck is too your neck is too feminine in nature to support your neck muscles. <laughs> I was gonna say I've seen some pretty slim men that, that use CPAPs. Yeah, they they just aren't built for the weight. Mm-hmm. So why do you need a CPAP? Basically, so when you fall asleep and you get into your REM cycle, your throat is going to relax, and it can collapse under its own weight. Mm-hmm. When it collapses under its own weight, it can basically form like a suction cup deal and start choking you while you're asleep you're gonna snore and cough and basically wake yourself up over and over again without realizing it through the night and your sleep quality is going to be terrible you're gonna get zero REM sleep and your life is just gonna suck I know that before I got my CPAP I was falling asleep in lectures I was falling asleep at stop signs I was falling asleep basically everywhere that I could there's pictures of me in the old strength edge gym sleeping on benches between sets like it was that bad when I got my CPAP, it was literally life-changing. It made the biggest difference to training that anything I've ever done. I felt so much better. I had no idea that I even felt so bad just because I didn't know what feeling good felt like anymore. Mm-hmm. But Seth, I can't afford a CPAP. Just get on Craigslist and get a used one. Yeah. Go find a random old person that ha- has one and doesn't use it and just steal it from them. Go to hospice or something. Yeah, go to, go to a hospice care store and just go, steal, go buy a CPAP. Like, you don't need to spend a lot of money to get one. If you have insurance, insurance will cover it. Mm-hmm. Just get it. It's worth it. If you don't get it, you don't give a shit about your training. Yeah. That's as simple as it is. I've seen um, I've seen mouth tape, too. And this is something that I'm, well, you, you've tried it once well, or twice, and it kind of freaked me out a little bit. The mouth tape is more to influence your breathing patterns while you're sleeping. Yeah. It's going to force you to nose breathe, force you to diaphragmatic breathe which then it will not solve apnea issues, but it could potentially help if you were on the more mild side of sleep apnea, mm-hmm. forcing you to nose breathe versus mouth breathe. Mm-hmm. And again, if you have a CPAP and your mouth is open, your mouth can leak air and defeat the purpose of the CPAP because the CPAP's whole purpose is to create that constant pressure in your airway. Mm-hmm. If your mouth's open, there's not going to be any air pressure, so toss the mouth tape on and it'll help. Mm-hmm. And... If you are a Canadian listener, I would suggest um, just going to your healthcare practitioner and getting a sleep study done because it is free for Canadians, right? 
the sleep studies are free for Canadians, but the CPAPs themselves, you need outside insurance to cover them. Okay, gotcha. So then go to Craigslist. <laughs> yep. And I know, too, from experience in Canada with them, if you go through a sleep study to a sleep practitioner and try to buy a CPAP through the sleep practitioner, they are going to jack the price up a ton because they're expecting you to have insurance. If you go outside a sleep practitioner and just order your CPAP off the internet, it's going to be literally a quarter of the cost as it would be through insurance. Mm-hmm. And one more thing in the um, falling asleep or sleep hygiene realm is going to be some sort of mindfulness or meditation. I don't know if you've ever tried sleeping um, when you have a burst of anxiety or if you've got a lot on your mind, but it is almost impossible to fall asleep. I don't think that you necessarily need to um, have an insane meditation practice, but I think it is important to have specific time to allow yourself to wind wind down. And it can be something as simple as um, taking a few moments and just focusing on your breath before sleep. Um, You could read a relaxing book, relaxing music, um, anything that's going to... I mean, different things will work for different people when it comes to meditation and mindfulness, but essentially... You could even write down everything that's on your mind. Whatever you need to do to clear your thoughts, do it before bed. Mm -hmm. Something very simple that I like to do is called box breathing, Mm -hmm. which is basically controlling your breath cycle to a set amount of time through your inhale, your exhale, and pausing in between each. Mm -hmm. So an example of box breathing would be doing a four-second tempo, a four-second inhale, a four-second hold, a four-second exhale, and then a four-second hold before your next inhale. Go through that for a couple of rounds, focusing only on the breath and only on your counts. And that mm-hmm. is a form of meditation. And it will help calm you down. Mm-hmm. Actually, during one of my more stressful classes at Palmer with a professor who shall remain unnamed, <laughs> it was terrible. I feel sorry for every child that has to deal with her in the future. <laughs> like, So just to give you an idea how bad this was, if I just see her in the hallway now, my stomach will like just cringe inside of me just out of like pure raw hatred for the woman okay all right this is a little extreme (laughs) (laughs) oh she's terrible okay but but anyway so during that class the only way i could stay calm was to box breathe through the lectures and i wasn't paying attention at all just because i couldn't stand her voice but i got to the point where i was doing my breath cycles for 60 second cycles for the entire lecture and I felt so calm and I felt so good leaving and I wasn't at all bothered by her while the rest of the class was just struggling and squirming through the entire lecture. Mm -hmm. Another option for people to use is um, you could use different apps like Headspace is a really good one. Um, I would do it before you actually get into bed because again we wouldn't want you to have your phone in the bedroom but um, using any sort of app um, that to, to help you learn how to meditate would be really, really useful. And it's just good to learn how to scan your body and scan your thoughts from an outside perspective almost. That's kind of the best way that I would describe meditation. It is almost like looking at your thoughts from the other side of a screen door. Because mm-hmm. you can kind of let them come in and pass through and acknowledge them without feeling them in a sense. And I think that's one of the best ways to describe mindfulness to people um, and different apps like I said Headspace is a really good one would help you figure that out and there are lots of story time apps that I've heard people use like a nice soothing man will reach for a story and people will help that and that'll help some people fall asleep um, but again just different things that you guys can use 
So what should we do when we wake up? Okay. So when you wake up, you want to actually wake up, get some sunshine, move, and I don't like do something with your day. And the whole reason behind sunshine is basically the same reason we're saying to avoid blue light and avoid bright lights before bed. Getting that sunlight in your eye is going to trigger you to wake up. It's going to trigger yeah. you that it's morning. It's going to trigger you that it's time to go. And it's going to get your body ready to rock. Mm-hmm. If you're somewhere without sunshine in the early morning, if you're up in Canada or up in the northern U.S. and there's no sunshine during the winter, get yourself a sunshine imitating lamp. Oh, I love those. Sun- Shine that fucker in your eyes. Yeah. Well, not don't don't, don't you know stick, maybe right now in your eyes. <laughs> yeah, don't stick your eyes right in it. But turn that thing on in your kitchen while mm-hmm. you're getting ready, get getting ready to go, and you will feel more awake. I guarantee it. Both of us used to do that every winter in mm-hmm. Canada, and it helped tons. You can actually even get an alarm clock that slowly produces more and more uh, sunlight in your room. And then you wake up with the natural, I guess not natural light, but you wake up with the sunlight emitting light. What? You're laughing at me. But yeah. it is like, it's it's just like how we're supposed to wake up with the sun. It, that alarm clock will slowly wake you up with its light. Mm-hmm. And once you got some light in your eyes, move a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right now, when I get up, the first thing I do is I will do my little stretch routine. And that just gets my blood flowing, gets my body ready to go, and gets me up and going. Mm-hmm. I'm saying going a lot, but... <laughs> you could go for a walk. You could get your workout done um, before work or something like that. Basically, just let your body know that it's time to be awake and it's time to move. Time to do shit. Time to do shit, yeah. And that way, you'll actually be able to have your hormones come down and let you fall asleep at night because you've actually had a peak during the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would also suggest um, avoiding excess caffeine, especially in the afternoons or closer to bedtime. Anything that's going to keep you awake closer to bed, I would stay away from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you got to remember, like, if you have your pre-workout before training at 5 o'clock, mm. With the half of the caffeine, that pre-workout is still going to be in you and still going to be kicking closer to bedtime, and that is not going to help you at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing to think about when you're awake is to avoid using your bedroom or your bed for anything other than sex or sleep. So we want our our beds, to, our our bedrooms, to be a relaxing environment um, or romantic environment. Um, but a lot of people will use their bedrooms for things like work or, um, I don't know, what's another thing that someone will do? Like, I don't know, maybe some people are doing workouts in their bedrooms or something like that. You make me fold the laundry in the bedroom. <laughs> Should we fold the laundry in the living room now? Well, I was hoping to still have you want to fold the laundry in the bedroom just so I can say, no, I'm protecting my sleep, so um, you can do it yourself. No, we can do it, we can do it at the kitchen. We can wipe down the kitchen table, then we can do it in the kitchen. I think that's a really good thing that we should start working on together. Well, that really backfired. <laughs> we can clean the kitchen at the same time, too. It'll be great. Yeah, <laughs> Seth, fun. Seth is giving me the evil eye. You walked into that one, man. But basically, we're trying to avoid using our beds for anything other than anything relaxing. We want to be able to walk into our bedrooms and go, oh, it's time for bed. Oh, it's time for... <laughs> yeah. I just raised my eyebrows there. You can't hear me raising my eyebrows, but I, I did. She really didn't. 
I'm doing it right okay, now. Okay, maybe she is. <laughs> um, and what do you mean by that eyebrow raise? What are you implying? No, nothing. Another thing is to have a clean bedroom too. Um, you don't want to walk into your bedroom and just feel anxious. You want to feel like relaxed. So make your bed in the morning, guys. It's nice going to bed in a made bed. It is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about sleep supplements. Uh, they're pretty much just a Band-Aid, I'd say. I was going to say, if you need a sleep supplement, you're a pussy. Okay. Well, that's a little extreme. <laughs> is it? No, but Maybe. really though. But really though, like, a sleep supplement isn't actually going to fix anything. And yes, they may help you fall asleep, but most of the time they're going to make your sleep quality actually worse within your sleep. Mm-hmm. And if you need a sleep supplement, you got to realize that there's so many things you can do outside of that supplement that will do you a better job of getting you to sleep than supplement will itself. Mm-hmm. They're very expensive for what they are. When you could just do other things to help optimize your hormones and um, just spend more time just getting better sleep instead of just like taking a pill before bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that when I take sleep supplements, especially things with any sort of like neuro neurotransmitters or anything like that, I find uh, it wakes me up. Like I remember Dan gave me a, a supplement sample. I don't know what the brand was, but I think it had GABA and a few other things in it. And I think I fell asleep maybe within like an hour of taking it. And then about half an hour later, I felt like I had ephedrine and caffeine like I was my heart was like pounding I like I think I had to get out of bed and go on the couch and and, like read for the rest of the night because I was so wired but like they they tend to use like a one-size-fits-all dose for for these sleep supplements and I don't think it necessarily works that way I think especially if we're, we're dealing with anything in our brain um different things will work for different people and I think it's I think it's just something that we shouldn't be messing with. Agreed. Yeah. You took a breath like you were going to say. Yeah, I was going to say something that I forgot about what I was going to say, and now they're going to have to deal with that little pause in the podcast. Another thing that people will use, too, is marijuana and alcohol. And alcohol will kind of have peaks of pulling you out of your sleep state and will actually block you from getting into your REM cycle sleep or your dream state sleep. Um, but a lot of people have like a nightcap to help them fall asleep. But really you're... You're shooting yourself in the yeah, foot. exactly. You're actually hindering your recovery. Same thing with marijuana. It'll actually, through different biological processes, it'll actually also block you from getting into your REM cycle uh, or your sleep state or your dream state. So bottom line, mm-hmm. do things that you can do for yourself to help you sleep. Don't just depend on taking things to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Now, if you're lacking sleep, and you know it, take a nap. Naps are valuable, as long as you do them right. The issue that most people have with naps is they end up napping for too long, and that will put them into a sleep state that they don't want to get out, get up from. So when they wake up, they'll end up feeling groggy. They'll feel, mm-hmm. they'll feel like they woke up worse than they went to the nap in. Mm-hmm. Now, I personally suck at taking naps. Like, I really suck at them. It takes me at least 45 minutes to an hour to fall asleep into a nap. And then I find I'll wake up two hours later and feel like shit. But it's exactly what you were saying, where I'm falling, I'm staying asleep for too long, and I'm, I'm being pulled out of the wrong sleep cycle, and then I feel worse. Mm-hmm. 
it's now, been fun. <laughs> again, cheat code if you have sleep apnea, naps get really good because as soon as you hit that REM stage of sleep, the sleep apnea will pull you up so you don't nap too long. <laughs> so it works really well for me. <laughs> and you like to say that you actually test better when you take naps, Oh, right? for sure. Like, at school, if I have a test coming up, I will make sure, while everyone else is, like, busy cramming the period before, I'm just going to take a nap, and I am so much sharper if I take a little nap before writing a test. Yeah. Every time. It works. Rest will test well. Yeah, is that what they say? Yeah, I've heard someone say that before. Oh. <laughs> so, I think that ends our little spiel on sleep. Yeah. If you guys uh, want any more information on sleep, um, I'd suggest looking into Dr. Matthew Walker. He's a neuroscientist. He has a book called Why We Sleep, Mm -hmm. which is great. We both read it a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And he also has a few videos on YouTube that summarize what he writes in the book. Mm -hmm. Videos are a little easier to watch than reading a book, so maybe start there. Yeah. Unless you want to read a book because reading is good for you. It is good for you. It might help you fall asleep. (laughs) Look what you did there. Look what I did. Um, so to sum up, do as many things as you can to help you fall asleep at night, help you wind down at night, like having a dark room, like having cold temperatures or comfortable temperatures, um, taking some time to wind down in meditation. And if you need a CPAP, get a CPAP. When it comes to waking up, get sunshine, be active, do things that are going to help you fall asleep at night. Awesome. So... That might not have been as exciting or funny as some of our other episodes, but mm-hmm. got some good information across. Mm-hmm. And if you guys have any tips for us to help with our sleep, hit us up. <laughs> yeah. And if you made it this far, we got some exciting news this week. Oh, we do. We bit the bullet. We put in a big order from a t-shirt supplier, and we are now going to be stocking everything you see on our website in our living room. So what that means for you guys, before we were drop shipping, so if someone put in an order... It would go to the fulfillment agent. The fulfillment agent would have to print the shirt and then ship it out to them. Mm-hmm. And with the coronavirus shutdowns, that was taken forever. This way, someone puts in an order, we'll be able to send it out the very next day, which is going to make things a lot less stressful on our end, make everything work better for you guys. And even doing the bigger bulk order, we were able to up the print quality of the shirts too. Yeah, I was just hoping you were going to say that. Uh, we're, we're printing all of our uh, apparel on next level, and I think the quality of the t-shirts itself are are really great but we're also like the print quality before I was they were almost using a printer to print out the the designs which actually was better quality than like the, the nylon uh, press uh, but now they're using real ink like it's a real screen printer so I'm, I'm really stoked about how these turned out like you can actually like feel the quality in the designs like it's not gonna come off easy mm-hmm. yeah I'm we're, stoked man. we're proud of it we're yeah. excited yeah got some women's shirts some tank tops some crop tops and like We've got some colors in this run, too, before we were just doing black shirts. But now we've got blue and red, and I'm stoked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, if you, And we're poor students, so please buy a shirt so we can keep doing these things. Yeah, if, if you like us, if you like the podcast, if you like our posts, just buy a shirt, toss a little support. Maybe that's a little, bright, little bit baggy, but tuition's expensive, so we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, guys. That's episode eight.